God bless you. Before we get started, uh, Hebrews 4.12, we're going to go ahead on and start with Hebrews 4.12 as we normally do to prepare the grounds for the word of God to be spoken. Hebrews 4.12, I believe, I believe for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I believe. I believe. God, I believe that your word is true. I believe that your word is powerful. I believe that your word, God, can break ground in my life and in the lives of those who hear your word, receive your word, take your word in, God. We believe in the name of your son, Jesus. God, we believe that your word is a transforming word. That God, not only does your DNA transform our life, but God, your word, your living word makes a change in our life. We're no longer the same because of your word, God. Let it grow deep in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to thank God for everyone that, that's on today. And we're going to be talking about the kingdom husband. We did a study on the kingdom man. We did. It's okay, thank you. We did a study on the kingdom man. And we finished that study. And then God led me over to a kingdom husband. Um, and I got really excited because I thought it was only going to be just one Sunday, but it looks like it, this too will be a series. So a kingdom husband looks for a kingdom woman. A kingdom woman is to enhance his relationship with God and the calling on his life. The problem is sometimes a man has not accepted his calling. He is in the wrong or he's in the wrong calling or he does not look for the quality of woman rather for how she makes him look the focus on the exterior of the woman and not the quality of what she brings to enhance and further the kingdom of god and this is what we're going to, to develop in the next um, eight characteristics of a kingdom husband actually let's let's make that nine the first one is the creation of man go with me to genesis the first chapter 26 through 28. And God said, let us make man in our image. God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion, power, authority over the fish of the air, over the fowl of, over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every creeping thing that moveth upon the earth. So in Genesis 1, 26 through 28, what God is doing is he's saying, I'm preparing. This is what I'm preparing for the creation of man. This is what we're going to be doing. And as we go into uh, chapter 2, he, we begin to see how this was done. So we're going to start with verses, verse number 7. And this is the creation of man. So the very first characteristic of a kingdom husband is that he has employment. He is working in the field and calling of God's divine order. Verse seven, 
seven through 10. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. So let's look at this. God took the dust of the ground and he formed man. That means that our body parts, our lungs, our spleen, our kidneys, our internal organs, red blood cells, white blood cells, our brain was just dust. It was just dust. The, the skeleton system of our body, the movement of our hands, everything was just dust until God breathed into that dust, the breath of life, and that became man. That's how powerful God is, that he can take dust and breathe into it and it becomes life. So our life comes from God. The life that God gave man came from the dust of the ground. He made that dust life. Verse number eight. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden. There he put the man whom he had formed. Who planted the garden? God did. God planted the garden. And out of the ground, verse nine, and out of the ground, God made out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So verse number eight, God planted the garden. Verse number nine, it says God made the ground and God caused the tree, every tree to grow. So God is the one that began to establish the work for man. Amen. Verse 10. And the river went out of Eden to water the garden. So let's go back. God planted the garden. He made it to grow. Adam didn't have to water the garden because God caused the, the Eden to water the garden. From thence, it was parted and became into four heads. So God is the one that did that. Okay, so if God is the one that did that, then where does man come in? Number two. Number two is man is in position to hear and to receive from God. So as we go down to verse 15, and the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it. This is where God gave man the work to do, to dress it and to keep it and to have dominion. Man, he placed man in position. Number two is that a kingdom man is in position to hear from God and to receive instructions. So here's the deal. If a man doesn't have a relationship with God, he cannot receive instructions. He cannot receive what God wants him to do. A man has to be in position. So a kingdom man has to be in position to hear from God. If he's not in position to hear from God, he's going to make choices from his own flesh. Verse 15, and the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress him and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden that thou mayest eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest, therefore thou shalt die. He was given instruction. Again, number two, no, actually it's number three, a kingdom man is in position to hear from God to receive instructions kingdom man if you cannot hear the voice of god 
pray, God, I need to hear your voice. I need to hear you instruct me, to guide me, to lead me. Because if you had the voice and you're hearing from God, you're not going to cause yourself to get into a situation to be tempted. You're not going to hurt your wife. You're not going to hurt your children. You're not going to be a deceptive man. You're not going to be a man that is walking in the flesh, but you're going to be a man that's walking in the spirit of God because you have the heart of God and you're able to hear from God and to receive your instructions. Number, number, actually num number four, a kingdom man has a trusted partnership with God. And we're going to see that in verse 19. Verse 18 says, And the Lord said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make a help meet for him. So before we go on to, to number four, a trusted partnership with God, this is the beginning of God saying, It's not good that you be alone. I already said that I'm going to make a male and female and make him dominion over earth. God had already said that in chapter one. But he said, now I'm going to make a helpmate because it's not good that man be alone. That was never God's intent is for us to live alone, is for us to be alone. However, his intent is that we have a kingdom family, a kingdom woman and a kingdom man that is building the kingdom of God. And so he said, I will make him a helpmate. That's what our relationship with God is, women is to be a help meet. We're not into a relationship to dominate the man. We're not in a relationship to rule over him. We're not in a relationship for him to, to take care of us and, and, and be that, that, that diva that he provides for. We're in relationship to enhance him. But in order to enhance him, we too have to have a relationship with God. When the man has a trusted partnership with God, that's number four, God said that out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought unto him Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. This is the partnership. God formed and i want you to listen to this from the dust of the ground god formed man from the dust of the ground god formed the animals i want you to keep that in the back of your mind now as he made these animals he brought them to adam and he asked adam to name them and whatever he named them that is what the name was that was a partnership that adam had with god a kingdom man has a partnership with God. That means God can trust him. God trust him with this kingdom wife. God trust him with the family. God trust him with kingdom authority to live a life of Christ on this earth. God trusts the man. Number 20, and God and Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a help meet for him. God saw intended to the needs of the man and said the man need a helpmate. Again, that was twice mentioned that God said that the wife, the woman is to be a helpmate, a helpmate to a man who has a calling, a helpmate to a man that is listening and he's in position. Remember, Adam was in position. 
He was in position to hear from God and to receive instructions from God. Adam was in position with a trusted partnership with God. Adam understands at this point that his wife is defined by God as a helpmate. The scripture says, and he recognized number, and this is number, number six, that he recognized that his wife is a helpmate from God. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept and he took one of his ribs and he closed up the flesh thereof. This was the first surgery that was ever created in the nation, right? On this earth was the, the surgery that God created. He caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam and he slept and he took one of his rib and he closed up the flesh thereof. And the rib, which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman and brought her into man. So from the dust of the ground, God created man. From the dust of the ground, God created Adam. But from the rib of man, God created woman. That is a sacred that is a sacred relationship. That is something that's very sacred that God did and he created woman. Women throughout life, because of things that we experience, we lose our value and our worth. But God created our value and our worth even from our creation from the rib of man. We are to be valued. We, are, we have worth and value in who we are as a woman of God. And Adam said, this is now bone. Sorry, I'm going to go back to number 22. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto man. And Adam said, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. A kingdom husband will know the kingdom wife. He will know her because she looks like him, not in the physical sense but in the character a kingdom man should never pursue a woman who is not a kingdom woman who does not have a relationship with god a kingdom man looks for a kingdom woman that is walking with god because her divine being is to be a helpmate she looked like him she has his nature and character bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh but she does not define him she compliments him a kingdom man recognizes that his wife is a helpmate from God. Too many times a man, a man, and I'm not going to say a kingdom man, but a man will choose a woman based on how she looks, based on how she's built, based on what her bank account looks like, based on everything else other than what the Lord said. Does she have the character of Christ? Does she have the nature of Christ? Is she walking with God? Is she a woman of God? Is, does she have the capability to be my helpmate? Because I'm already in position to walk in my calling, to walk in God's divine will. I'm hearing him. I'm listening to instruction. I'm hearing his voice. I am in position. But if you are not in position, kingdom man, you will marry a woman, but you will not marry a kingdom woman. And when you marry just a woman, then yes, you will end up in a divorce. 
If you are a kingdom man with a divine calling on your life, if you're not walking in that calling, yes, you're going to end up in a divorce or you will not end up in that calling because that woman is going to deter you. That woman is going to be a distraction because she's not a kingdom woman, because she's not a helpmate, because she's not divinely inspired by God. God created Eve from the rib of Adam and brought him to Adam and he knew that that was his wife based on bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh she has the same character not because she looked like Adam but because of the character of God that was inside of her he knew and so kingdom men when you're looking for a wife and you're married to a wife you are married to a woman that's supposed to be a help made for you to fulfill the calling of God on your life nothing else less than that so you say well what if I already married this woman and she and she's not a kingdom woman then it's up to you to continue to pray follow God because that woman has become your first mission that's your ministry right there that woman that you've married that is your mission she is your mission your family is your mission you have to focus on that first because a kingdom woman who's already in position with God, like you're in position with God, the two of you come together for the furtherance of the kingdom. But if one of you are missing and one of you are going, you're going to have to align yourself so that you can be that kingdom man to her, to help lead her into the throne of God. That's what a kingdom man does. That's what a kingdom man does. Proverbs 18.22 Whosoever findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtain favor from God. A kingdom man understands when I find a wife, I find a good thing. But see, sometimes we quote that scripture and we leave it there. But the last part of that scripture, part B that we say part B, part B says, and obtain favor from God. We want a woman, a kingdom woman that will give us favor with God, not just a woman. And not just a woman, not just somebody with hips and thighs and everything else. You want a woman that is a kingdom woman from God that can help you walk into your kingship, your authority. That's what you want. You want a woman that can be by your side. You want a woman that can pray for you. You want a woman that can, that can undergird you in the name of Jesus. That's a kingdom woman. A kingdom husband knows when he sees his kingdom wife. A kingdom husband knows my wife is not a kingdom wife right now, but I'm going to stay in position to hear from God, to gird her, to pray for her, to help mold and make her into that kingdom woman so that she can be my helpmate. Because that's what a woman is designed to do is to be a helpmate. God said it is not good that man be alone. I make a helpmate. Women, you are a helpmate. Now, there is an exception. There are some people that are called to be eunuchs. There are some people that are called to be single. If you're called to be single-minded, this does not apply to you. But pray for those who are married. Pray for those who are seeking marriage. Pray for those who want marriage. Pray for the kingdom men who are looking for a kingdom wife. And if a man comes to you and God has called you to celibacy, God has called you to singleness, don't entertain that relationship with him. Let him know I'm called to singleness. Out there is your kingdom wife and I'm gonna pray that you find her in the name of Jesus. Number, number seven, chapter Genesis 2, 20, 24 to 25. He will find qual quality characters. 
And this is going to take us through the rest, the rest of the character qualities. Number 24, verse 24. Therefore shall a man leave his mother and father and cleave unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. A kingdom man leaves his mother and father and cleaves unto what God has given to him. Too many men marry a woman and they stay cleave to their wife, to their mother. I'm not saying men don't love your mother. I'm not saying men don't honor your mother. But once you become married, that woman becomes your first family. You need to honor your wife First, a kingdom man understands that he leaves his mother and father and he cleaves. That means adhere to. That means stick to. He cleaves to his wife. He builds and he pours into his wife. Your mother. Mothers, let go. I don't know who I'm talking to, but let go. You've done your work. And whatever it is that you haven't done to mold and make that kingdom man who is now somebody else's husband, God will do it. She will do it. If she's a helpmate called by God, let go. Let your son cleave unto his wife so they too can be one flesh to be able to walk into the kingdom of God and do what God has called for him to do. Let go. Kingdom men, let go of your mother so that you can deal with your wife so that you can love your wife and walk in the ways of God that he would have for you to do and they shall be one flesh when the marriage is consummated it is a oneness that should be reserved only for marriage that consummation that marriage night it's only supposed to be reserved for marriage because you become one there are too many men out here that are one with a lot of women in the name of jesus begin to break those soul ties with every woman because if you were a kingdom man and before you became a kingdom man you was everybody's man you need to go and you need to pray and ask god to break those soul ties of all those women that you have been with intimately break that soul tie even if it was just an emotional soul tie Break that soul tie so that when you walk into that oneness and that helpmate is in your face and you see her and you say bone of my bone, the flesh of my flesh, and I know that this woman is sent from God, you can connect with her. Otherwise, when you go to consummate that marriage, because a kingdom man is not going to have intimacy before marriage, right? Okay. But if you're going to go to consummate that marriage, then in your marriage bed, you're going to bring all those women that you've been intimate with. And you cannot connect with that kingdom woman and have a oneness and she become a helpmate if you're in the bed with all the women that you've slept with. They shall be one flesh, one flesh and not just this one flesh intimately because sex is the only, the, when, that, when, when two bodies come together, they're one. They're one in unison, they're one in sync, they're one in movement. They are one. God said one flesh. The one flesh means Eve sinned, but God held Adam accountable because they were one flesh. Kingdom men, understand this. 
When God says one flesh, when you stand before the throne of God, you are going to be held accountable for being a husband. God is going to hold you accountable for every thought, word, deed, and action that you've committed toward your wife because you're one flesh. And you can't say like Adam, it was a wife that you gave me. God said, no, because I've shown you in my word. You're going to be held accountable. The initial character of a kingdom husband and instruction is given to us in verse 17. But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. That is your headship kingdom man. That is authority that God has given to you initially in the beginning. That is what, give, that is what has given man the kingship. If you eat of this knowledge of good and evil, you will die. You will die. I'm giving you authority. I'm giving you power. I'm giving you rulership. I'm giving you dominion. He gave that first to Adam. That is why people say, well, why did God tell Adam? Because God gave the responsibility. God gave the authority. God gave the command to Adam. Kingdom men, you are going to be held in accountability for what God has given to you. This is the reason why across the nation, you have many people that are are many teachers that are going forth calling for the kingdom man to come forth because God has given you dominion. I don't care who is in presidency. God has called the kingdom man to come forth in the name of Jesus and bring his family back into God's divine order. God's divine order across the nation to strengthen our community, to strengthen our families, to strengthen our homes, to strengthen the nation when the kingdom man is in position. And kingdom man, you cannot be in position living in the world. You cannot be in position doing the things of the world. You cannot be in position not living the way of God. You have to do the things of God that God has called for you to do. The kingdom man is not ashamed of his wife. Verse 25, and they were both naked and the man and his wife were not ashamed. That was the first mention of marriage, the consummation of marriage, the oneness, the togetherness that's only done in marriage. It should only be done in marriage and the marriage of one man and one woman, not marriage of anything else. <laughs> one man and one woman. God said. Let's, let's read it. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. So marriage is one man, one woman. Now let's go back. Let's go down to verse 25. And they were both naked. They were naked. That means transparent. In your marriage, you should be transparent. In your marriage, there should be no secrets. In your marriage, you should forgive each other of whatever path that you've done. It's over. In your marriage, there should be no shame. They were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. The husband was not ashamed of his wife. The wife is not ashamed of her husband. So men, don't look for arm pieces. Don't look for arm candy. Look for a woman 
who is going to be your helpmate. And God will place in your heart that you are not ashamed of her because she is your helpmate to fulfill the gospel of Christ. But see, this is only applicable to kingdom men. Because if you're not a kingdom man, you're going to look for the woman that's going to fulfill your fleshly desire. If you're not a kingdom man, you're going to look for that arm candy. If you're not a kingdom man, you're going to look for what's going to please your flesh. But a kingdom man looks for what's going to please the kingdom of God to grow the kingdom of God because he understands that the woman is a helpmate. There was nothing hidden. They were transparent. They were exposed to one another. There was nothing hidden in that marriage. Kingdom man, come before your wife. Transparency. Show her your transparency. Nothing hidden. Let's go back over. And we're going to go back over the nine characteristics of a kingdom husband. This is just the beginning. Number one. He understands that he's a creation of God and that he was created from the dust of the ground and God gave him dominion over all the earth. God gave that to you, kingdom man. He didn't give it to a worldly man. He didn't give it to a secular man. He gave it to a kingdom man because when Adam was created, he was created in partnership. with. He made that choice. Number two, <laughs> a kingdom man has God bless you. A kingdom man has employment. He is working. He's working in the field and of his calling of God's divine order. That's number two. Number three, a kingdom man is in position to hear from God and receive instructions. If you are not in position, if you cannot hear God's instruction, then you are not in position. If you are not walking in God's calling, you are out of position. If you are walking in your own calling, because there are some men out there who, <laughs> who call themselves to the ministry or call themselves to be a bishop or call themselves to be an apostle or call themselves to be a teacher or a minister or a preacher, but you're out of God's divine order. Either you're out of his order, you're out of his timing. And if you're out of position, then you can't hear to receive God's instruction. So a kingdom man makes sure that he is in God's divine order to receive and to hear from God. The next, the kingdom man understands his wife is defined by God as a helpmate, not his punching bag, not someone to be his domesticated maid, not someone to be his sex slave, not someone to just take care of him, but someone defined by God as a helpmate. That means I walk beside you. That means sometimes I have to walk ahead of you to make sure that when you go forth, everything is right for you. Sometimes that means I have to walk behind you because I got to cover you in prayer. That means sometimes while you're sleeping, I'm up praying for you because God has shown me something that he hasn't released me yet to let you know, but I'm gonna intercede and pray on your behalf because I'm a helpmate. I'm here to walk by your side to help you enter into the kingdom that God has called you into because you're in position. You're in position. You're in position and you're hearing from God and I'm praying you through it. 
Next, a kingdom man recognizes his wife as that helpmate. He understands that a helpmate is defined by God, but now he understands and he recognizes her as a helpmate. So when he looks upon her, he sees the nature of God. He sees the character of God. He sees God in her as his helpmate. Next, the kingdom man leaves his mother and father in Cleveland to his wife. It don't mean he don't love his parents. But what it means is that he understands that now that he's a kingdom husband, that his wife is now his first and foremost family. And as a kingdom wife, she comes alongside of him to honor and respect his parents. But he has left his mother and father to cleave unto his wife. Next, they shall be one flesh. That night of marriage, they consummate that marriage in oneness, but they also consummate it in their relationship with God and accountability unto God. Knowing that the husband, the kingdom man, when he stands before God, God's going to hold him accountable for that marriage. And for what happens in that marriage, God's going to hold you accountable. So kingdom man, you're not a man that, that is an abusive man. You're not a man that knocks your wife around. You're not a man that lays your hand on your wife. You are not a man that cheats on your wife. You are not an adulterer. You are not a pedophile. You don't live a secret life. A kingdom man lives for God. And when he stands before God, he's going to be held and accountable for how you paid your bills, kingdom man. How did you run that household? How did you take care of that home? How did you take care of your wife? How did you love her? How did you honor her? Because a kingdom man understands and we're going to get into that later on, that a kingdom man is called to love his wife. It is never said that the wife is supposed to love her husband because men see marriage and they see love in a different perspective. A man desires and he sees love when he's respected. But a kingdom man knows that he's to love his wife. If you cannot love her, that's not your wife. Because a kingdom man that is called by God and listened to the voice of God for that woman, he has a love for her. Don't marry out of convenience. Amen. A kingdom man marries because he knows that's my helpmate. She's going to help me fulfill the work that God has called for me. A kingdom man is not ashamed of his wife. He's not ashamed of the oneness. He is not ashamed to expose himself to her, to tell her his secrets because he can trust her because she's a kingdom woman, a kingdom man, a kingdom husband has entered into a oneness with his wife. If you say, well, I don't have a kingdom wife, pray. If you say, well, I, I really want a kingdom wife, but I don't have one yet, then you pray. And when God shows you, don't look upon what she looks like. If she's beautiful, bless God. If she's not beautiful, still bless God, because you got an extra measure there. Whatever it is that she looks like, however, whatever situation she's in, she could have a handicap. We don't know. But if she is a kingdom woman of God, called by God to be your wife. Man, you put her first as a kingdom husband because you have a greater calling.
Adam had a greater calling than just being formed. He had a greater calling. The calling was to take dominion over all the earth. The calling was to walk in the authority that God has given to him. And God said, I put a lot of responsibility on you, Adam. And I don't want you to do it alone. I'm going to give you a helpmate. I'm going to give you someone who's going to come alongside of you and tend the garden, dress the garden. And that was Eve. But she listened to the serpent and we're going to talk about that later. So kingdom husbands. If you say, you know what? This is the, it's good word, but that's not me. Because I didn't marry a kingdom woman and I'm not quite a kingdom husband. Then go before God and say, God, change me. Go back through your list. Which one? You don't have employment? God, you said that a man that provided not for his own who was an infidel. I need a job, God. You don't hear from God? God, I need to hear from you. I need to be in position. And I think out of all of these, number one through nine, the greatest one that I think men will struggle from is not being in position. I'm out of position. I don't know what God wants for me or I haven't walked in. I know, but I'm not ready for it. Doesn't matter if you're ready. Doesn't matter if you're ready to walk in what God has for you. Just say yes and he'll prepare you and he'll send you. If you're not married, he will send you that helpmate. And if you are married, he'll prepare your helpmate. God will do it, but we have to honor God first. This is the season and the time that we're in that God is calling kingdom man, kingdom man, be a kingdom husband. Rise up, take your rightful place to be a kingdom husband. Honor that woman. And no kingdom man, no kingdom husband, if you don't honor your wife, you can't get a prayer through. If you're pushing her down, if you're fighting her, if you're cheating on her and you think you're going to get a prayer through, you're not. But one thing you will is stand before God and you're going to be held accountable. He's going to ask you, what did you do with the wife that I gave you? What did you do with that good thing? You had favor with me that a single man don't have. And you abused it. You took it for granted. And God's going to deal with you on that. We're in a season now to walk in the kingship of God. Kingdom warriors, kingdom men, kingdom women, kingdom husbands, kingdom wives, kingdom children, a kingdom family. Rise up in the name of Jesus and be what God has called for you to be. Walk in your calling. If you don't know what your calling is, go to your pastor. I know I got a calling, but I'm not sure. Pray. Ask God. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's past time. Because when God comes, and he's coming soon, you're going to be held accountable. And if you've committed adultery or fornication or any type of sin, ask God to forgive you. And I want you to understand, men, especially my kingdom men, you can commit emotional adultery 
and it's just as bad as physical adultery. Because if you're confiding in another woman and you're not confiding in your wife and you're not being transparent and you're not exposing your secrets to your wife, then what you're doing is you are connecting with another soul and you're creating a soul tie. So when you climb into bed with your wife, and I don't know who I'm talking to, but when you climb into bed with your wife, you're climbing into bed and bringing into your marriage bed that woman that you have an intimate connection with. An emotional, intimate connection. God said marriage is honorable and the bed is undefiled, but homeowners and adulterers shall be judged. It is not just isolated to the physical. There is an intimacy that comes along with adultery that will cause damage in your marriage. Get it right, kingdom man. Go and ask God for forgiveness and ask forgiveness for your wife and walk right with Christ. We're gonna continue with kingdom, the characteristics of a kingdom husband next week. And when we finish the series, we're gonna go into a kingdom woman and then a kingdom wife, what that means, because God wants to establish his kingdom in families, in marriages, in singles who are still on this earth before he comes. Just one last thing that I want to say. If you're single, single man, single woman, and you're looking or wanting or desiring <laughs> to be married, it's a good thing. Because God said it's not good that man be alone. But I'm going to say, women, you are not to be looking for a husband. But you're to be ready and prepared for your husband. Men. God says when a man finds a wife, a kingdom wife, if you're a kingdom man, when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. A good thing. Don't reject it and don't despise it. Hmm. Women, stop looking and start being the wife of God. And when you're a wife of God, he'll find you. The man that God has for you, he'll find you. And if you never ever be found, be content and knowing that you lived your life for the kingdom of God. And that means more than anything else is that I lived my life for Jesus. And that's satisfactory enough. So by the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I bless each and every one of you with the sanctification of God, with the purity of God, with the holiness of God, and I decree and declare kingdom men, kingdom husbands, rise. This nation needs you. Rise in the name of Jesus. We're going to take communion as we do every Sunday. And after communion, I'm going to take prayer requests. If there's anything I can pray for you for, your name isn't important. Just your request. And let me pray for you. In the name of Jesus, I want to join my faith with your faith. You say, you know what? I only got faith of a grain of mustard seed. But if you could join your faith with my faith, I'm going to ask God 
to change me. I'm going to ask God to mold me. I'm going to ask God to help me be a better kingdom man. I'm going to ask God to help me be a better help me. I'm going to ask God, align your faith with my faith so that I can walk in the kingship of God in the name of Jesus. So let's prepare to take communion. And while we're preparing, I want you to examine yourself as kingdom men, as kingdom people of God. Is there anything that's standing in between you and God? Anything, anything that will prohibit you from getting to the kingdom? Examine yourself. Examine yourself if there's anybody in your life that you haven't forgiven that you need to ask God, God, forgive me. Ask that person to forgive you so that you can walk in the way of God. In the name of Jesus.